First things first, Alabama State Bar rules require the following language in all attorney communications. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal service provided by other lawyers. My name's Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. My buddy Paul Rips on with us. How you doing, Paul? Real good. Ready to go. What is this, number 33? Yes, sir. And uh, Range, you out there somewhere, buddy? Yes, sir. Holding it down on the outdoor edition of the uh, Backstory Podcast Houston Bureau Desk. We're uh, it's a beautiful afternoon here in Kingwood, Texas, and we're outside for it. So, if you guys, I'm sure I'm sharing my screen right right now. Do you, have, is everybody familiar with the attorney over here in Florida who has threatened to dress up as the Grim Reaper and go sit on the beach if they open the beaches this week? I, I had heard that. Yeah, I saw a picture of it. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was pretty good. Um, so uh, the situation, uh, the snapshot from uh, the other day, that number has jumped from forty eight hundred to fifty eight hundred in just these few days. Um, of course, here you see the state and uh, regional uh, criteria for reopening. And uh, here are the numbers that we've been following that we got from uh, Lieutenant Governor Amesworth. So, um, Reigns, to your credit, you called this, uh, uh, you called the, the oil uh, crash. And uh, I know you two guys remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about how this virus affected the central nervous system. And I just wondered if it was going to come back and do something to people uh, you know unbeknownst to us sometime in the future like shingles does and uh two days ago we hear about corona toes you know another manifestation of this disease in another form so um anyhow i want to take another look this is a month ago there were 242 cases in alabama right now 56 54 or 58. And how many deaths? 197. Yes, sir. And of course, here's the the nationwide map, and you can see Alabama. Like I said last time, we went from orange to red. We went over 5,000 cases. And what's the next step? Well, that's a real good question. The um, you know, the, what what we're being told is because we we only went up by a thousand in a week. That's a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we we must be ready to open. What it shows me is what the what this pandemic would have been like if we hadn't been at home doing doing uh, not as we were told, but as we know to do. Right. 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 Well, the twenty five billion uh, on this last bill is for testing, and we got two weeks to go. Well, less less than two weeks to go. So hopefully Alabama have a lot more data and maybe we'll be in line for some testing because testing is going to give you confidence and that's what is going to be needed for the public to participate in going back to work. You know, testing is absolutely the key driver in all of this. Well, everybody that's beating this is testing Germany, South Korea. uh, Testing is paramount in their plan and we just are missing the ball well now you know i gotta tell you i've got a lot of people out here in the uh in the houston area 
who, uh, who and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll quantify this by saying the overwhelming majority of them wear a particular form of hat that lets you know what their intelligence level is. But their main argument is, look at how few cases we have. Look at how, look at the numbers. The numbers are just down. They're just down. They're just down. We don't need to be closed down. We don't need masks. We don't need any of this stuff. The reality of it is, if I took 300 people from just up the street where I live in East Montgomery County, Texas, that were all hooked on meth, and I put them in a room and said, all right, y'all tell me which one of these people are on meth, you wouldn't know unless you tested them. But you could sure get a good idea just by looking around. Right. You know what I mean? And what these people are doing are taking that same instance and saying, well, you can't tell anybody in this room is addicted to crystal methamphetamine because we haven't tested all of them. Well, idiots, it's it's there. It's out there. The numbers are driven. It's called an, uh, um, um, an infection fatality rate. All right, an IFR. The IFR for this virus is turning out to be about 0.78 to 1.2%, depending on the saturation of population. The Spanish flu was only 2.4%. There's not that big of a difference. And people are still acting like this just isn't any big deal because they feel like their freedoms are being encroached for some reason. And, and this virus, this virus is three times more contagious than the flu. Absolutely. I wrote a, I wrote a short essay the other day and we can segue into this later, but I said these, I'll, I'll nutshell it for you. If you believe that your liberty is incumbent on having a choice to do what you want, but you are enabled to have that choice by people that don't have a choice. That's not liberty. That's entitlement. Right. Period. And, and that, that figure range is about 17%. 83% of people believe in uh, the stay at home policy, the testing, et cetera. So uh, the 17% are looking at, you know, the figures that are in front of them and they're not giving any credit whatsoever to the social distancing and how effective it's been. And that's the argument right there with them. But I'll stay with the 83% group. Now, you know, today. I love to as well, but it seems like every state in the South have elected people that are well within that 17%. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's a, a new solution now being recommended and uh, that's that you can inject yourself with maybe something like uh, uh, Clorox or, or something like oh, that. Yeah. But great what thing, I would suggest to anybody did it was that maybe they read the label on the back and when you see that little skull and crossbones there, <laughs> that's telling you not to put that in your body. So I don't know what that's all about. Well, and not not only not only was that BS, but uh, also the the promise of hydrocolloquine turns out that it's not the life saving uh, drug on the shelf that's going to silver bullet this thing for us. It had a twenty seven percent increase in heart failure than not. So. So uh, a, a, a Lysol and UV enema is no more useful than hydrocarbon. <laughs> All three of which have been touted by the current president of the United States, but it's okay. He walked it back today and said he was only kidding. Did he sound like he was only kidding when he talked about that? <laughs> he didn't. No, no, no. 
Uh, and you would have won. All right. So Paul, uh, let's get to the, let's get to the meat of it. Um, are, are you going to read this letter that you prepared? Oh uh, yeah. I'll, I'll read the letter. Um, uh, uh, first, let me just go back on one Lanyap article. It came out. The next Lanyap comes out on the 28th. Um, uh, people might've heard about the, uh, uh, gentleman that was shot and killed in Daphne and um, in Lanyap investigation finds no wrongdoing by officers and fatal shooting of Daphne's suspect. Um, the major crimes unit reported today that there was no wrongdoing or criminal action on the part of the Daphne police officers, allegedly the victims, 29 year old Derek Powell uh, Poe pointed a gun at officers and uh, despite being told to put it down, he didn't. And that resulted in his demise. Just pulling a weapon in front of police is just asking for it. But um, anyway, uh, back on Lanyap, I hope everybody knows they can get the subscription or find out where subscriptions up to 21 cents a day. Anybody can afford that. That's less than a lunch meal for a week. So uh, hope you guys will support Lanyap because it's very important. Um, and talking about Lanyap, this letter that I wrote is in reference to the article that, again, Mr. Gabe Times wrote last week, which was See No Evil. And that was about uh, the McSherry case and Paula Donardi <clears throat> and um, what resulted in that. And to make a short story of that, article basically what happened was that the uh, charging document did not list on the charging document even though it was assault that it did cause physical injury to another person so within a year's time they can change the charging document that didn't happen and because that didn't happen the judge said that uh, he was throwing out the assault charge well that means that somebody erred very badly. Uh, the charging document, I would think, would go through the city attorney for sure of Fairhope, as well as the uh, municipal judge in Fairhope. And then that same charging document goes up to the circuit court. So I can't believe that two judges and, and the city attorney uh, did not see that. Anyway, the Mr. McSherry for years has been getting off on these charges time and time and time again. This is his fourth or fifth time around. So this is so egregious that we are writing to the uh, Baldwin County District Attorney, Robert Wilkers in Bay Manette, and I'm gonna read the letter to you. Uh, it's also on the RIP report and Baldwin County Legal Eagle. In light of recent events, I'm calling on you, the chief law enforcement officer in Baldwin County, to right the ship. Ronan McSherry's appeal, de novo, from Fairhope Municipal Court of his convic conviction upon evidence that he knocked Paula Donardi off a bar stool at the Little Whiskey Christmas Club in Fairhope, Alabama, November 23, 2018, has been dismissed. According to the order issued by Judge Clark Stankowski, the city is outside of the time to amend the charging document 365 days. Public opinion in Fairhope is that McSherry was jealous of Paula Donardi's success 
and operating the Tiki Bar at the American Legion. McSherry felt that his business was suffering due to the popularity of the Tiki Bar. And in a drunken stupor, he assaulted Denardi in retaliation. So my question is, will the DA of Baldwin County take this information to the grand jury? Can McSherry be recharged? And where is any accountability? The actions of both courts and municipal attorney of Fairhope are highly suspicious. Remember folks, this happened at the same time that the city council of Fairhope decided to eliminate public participation. At the same time this happened. The actions of both courts and municipal attorney of Fairhope are highly suspicious. Citizens are being asked to believe that the circuit judge, municipal judge and municipal attorney all experienced in their fields made elementary mistakes. I'm very confident that Mr. McSherry has already been brought to your attention prior to Judge Stankowski's order. McSherry has an infamous reputation in Fairhope and a rest record to match. At this time, I would also like to ask you to look into the possibility that this was not a mistake at all on part of the city of Fairhope, but a carefully orchestrated operation to allow Mr. McSherry, a repeat offender, to avoid any consequences yet again. This incident was caught on video surveillance and is in the public sphere. <coughs> Having been covered by Lanyap, McSherry originally pled guilty of the assault March 26th in Fairhope Municipal Court. And I have reported in print and podcast about McSherry for years. Mr. McSherry was on probation at the time of the incident under the penalty of 180 days in jail if he violated, related to a harassment co conviction that he had against Hall, uh, Nall Hollis, the uh, Fairhope artist. My, <clears throat> my attorney, Harry Still, who also represents Denardi, uh, did, did represent uh, Denardi briefly, is under threat of subpoena in the, in the civil case that Denardi has against McSherry. At this time, the judge has ordered that my attorney turn over all communications that he may had with Lanyap newspaper an attempt by McSherry to circumvent the Alabama source shield law. I would ask that you look into the logic of this ruling. There is currently a motion to reconsider on Judge Tankowski's desk. There's also Mr. Stell's opinion that there is no double jeopardy issue that would preclude charges brought by your office because Judge Tankowski issued his order pre-trial before a jury was struck. So no jeopardy ever was ever attached. What about the victim, Paula Denardi, whose injuries were a matter of record? Denardi has been harassed, lost her job, had a case delayed numerous times, and has had the burden of dealing with the stress for 16 months. Denardi is an American citizen, and she is the victim. McSherry is a repeat offender who is not a citizen of the United States, but a green card holder. This is a classic example of a victim being victimized by the court while the repeat offender employs attorneys that use dirty tricks and rabbit holes as a defense. I intend to file a complaint with the Bar Association and the judiciary. However, would like to hear from you, would like to give you the opportunity to respond. And then I go on to say that I that we have the Consumer Association, the RIP report with Facebook sites, the RIP report, Baldwin County Legal Eagle and the dot-com site, and that I am part owner of the Backstory Podcast. All of these sites are pub public, 
and my interest is not for profit. We will continue to report to our audience and exercise all resources to expose any corruption, especially judicial. I sincerely hope that your office will respond to this very serious situation as soon as possible. Public trust in Baldwin County, in the Baldwin County judicial system is all but non-existent and incidents like this reinforce the lack of public trust. And this is going to be copied to the attorney general, the FBI, and everybody's going to get a copy of it. Uh, uh, this is uh, one of the things that we do at RIP Report is file the complaints. It leaves a paper trail. Uh, a lot of times they get shelved. They don't pay any attention to them, but trust me, they come back up at a later date and somebody should have to be accountable for this mistake and Denardi should not be denied the ability of, of prosecuting uh, McSherry for uh, assault. So I guess we'll just have to see what the next chapter is going to be. But any of you in the audience that think that this is wrong, please call the council, the mayor, you know, the uh, district attorney and raise hell with them and tell them that this is not acceptable. So Paul, if you, if you put a, uh, dear Lord at the beginning and an amen at the end, <laughs> I wouldn't have to go to church for a month. Well, um, I know what you're saying, but, uh, this I, is the only alternative it, that we have at this time. And we have an election coming up in Fairhope and people need to understand just how bad the situation is because this is all related back to catalyst as well. So, so let's, I want to hear from Harry on this. Uh, Harry, you're an attorney there. Uh, yeah. You've got so to, you to get your client out of trouble using the technicality. Aren't you ethically required to do so? Um, well, the, the, the defense attorney should attack, uh, at, at any point that he can, or he wouldn't be doing his job. Right. Correct. Right. So, so I don't have any, I don't have any, anything really to say about any of this. I mean, this is, this, this was Paul's letter. He asked me, uh, we briefly discussed double jeopardy last time. And, um, uh, you know, of course I'm concerned when a, when a simple mistake leads to somebody getting off, I'm sure the judge is and the prosecutor and everybody in Fairhope should be. And when that individual has five or six previous charges and wiggled out of every single one, one way or another. So now, and, and so you throw another log on the fire of the 10 full hat crowd. Right. Just, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what you expect me to say about it rains, but, um, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, one of the things here on our screen is a, is an old adage, uh, life is like a blank sandwich. The more bread you have, the less blank you have to eat. Well, let me ask you something, Harry. How how many times do you think the Fairhope City Attorney has handled things like this, where he had to have the charging document accurate? Here, here, here's the only thing that I'll say about it, and I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'll just say cumulatively. And Paul, you know this. If I had done any one of the six things that he has been charged with in Fairhope, 
what do you what, what do you do you think I'd be in the same position? Exactly. No, visiting you absolutely not. Absolutely That's not. That's the entire point I wanted it to get to. If right. these were misdemeanor marijuana charges on a seven, on an eighteen and a half year old black kid from Fairhope, that charging document would have been perfect. Without right. fear. If that had been on some prostitution charges on a young white girl from Water Street in Mobile, those prosecution documents would have been perfect to the letter. However, because it involves someone with all of these web interminglings with the Catalyst Group, oh, well, you know, from time to time, we do make a mistake on our charging documents. Horse crap. Right. That's what the point I wanted it to get to. Thank you, gentlemen. Right. I'm on the same page, right? Well, and I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm not talking about anything that uh, the prosecutor did or the or any of these judges did. I'm just saying cumulatively, and I'll go back to the list. But if I'll guarantee you, if Harry Steele had harassment, striking and kicking, public intoxication, public intox, another harassment, another harassment, a public intox and assault, third, I wouldn't be a lawyer. And I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys right now, but right. And, and what and what and and so to you know to carry Paul's tenfold hat to conclusion, just what in the like, why Mister McSherry? Right, and why? How in the world could he be on probation? It's, and it look, this it, incident happened, and nothing happened to him. Look, there, there are some old families around here that if something like this went down with them, I'd, you know, I'd shrug my shoulders and I'd say, well, that's some of the good old boy stuff. Who the hell is this guy? He's some guy from Ireland that owns a pub in Fairhope. Like, right. Wh why would anybody be running? That's what I'm, that's, that's the flaw in your, in your thought process, Paul. This guy's nobody to anybody. So I, I don't see the, I, I don't see the intent that that you're steering towards with the DA, but I, I but you know, just uh, circumstantially, um, I would say that uh, yeah, uh, there there's no doubt that if Harry Rains or Paul Rip did any one of these six things, that we would not be sitting here shooting the crap about it on the internet. That's right. Or, or or still have a liquor license after all this. That's the that's the other thing that makes no sense. Well, that's right. How could he have a liquor license with all these offenses? You know, you're supposed to go before the city council and they ask the police chief every time, everything cool with this license, you know? Well, here's a guy that's got a daggum four or five charges, all of them are alcohol related, and he's running a bar. I mean, good God. Well, lads, I hate to break it to you. But if he's a smart fella, he's got visual <laughs> surveillance running through his entire bar. And so everything that happens is his bar is in a video archive somewhere. And don't no one want to pull the trigger on digging that particular casket up out the ground. You have no idea how much you actually sound like him. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> it's uncanny. All right. So can we move on, please, before rains and traps me into something I don't oh, want to yeah. say? Yeah, um, this this is this certainly is uh, not over. Oh no, and especially after you know after uh, after you after that letter gets spread around or the audio 
clip from this. You know, that's what happens with this podcast. People just snip audio and shoot it around each other in text because they've gotten uh -huh. back to me. So I'm sure this one will be snippable. So Reigns, um, uh, the infographic on the screen, I hope y'all are seeing this. Uh, right. North American oil, do you see our, our usage in uh, millions of gallons per day went from 19.35 in uh, the first quarter of January and we're down below 14 million barrels. Um, yeah. So where's what? Where's the bottom, man? Well, as far as usage goes, we're pretty much at the bottom right now. Um, I would say that number's probably right at 14 right now because that is uh, that graph's almost a month old at this point. Uh, I would say we're pretty close to the bottom as far as usage is with the stay-at-home orders. And the people having sense, not being out on the roads all the time, we've seen a massive, massive uh, reduction in the use of uh, use of petroleum products uh, as far as gasoline goes. Um, of course, that figure also represents industrial oils, and because of the shutdowns and because of uh, a few, uh, just a, a much, much, much lighter consumer spending index, because petroleum is such a part of the American manufacturing process. That's a bigger part of it. Uh, gasoline, I would say, accounts for about 30% of that figure. The rest of it's going to be in industrial oils. And you. that's the real bellwether. All right. Well, I mean, uh, uh, just another indication that we're far from the bottom. So, so explain this to me, Reigns. How in the world is the Dow still so high? Everybody still has all this confidence that this is just a little bumping the road and two weeks from now everybody's gonna go back to work and that's what scares me is that I, I don't think the markets are reacting logically because the dow jones industrial average and the um, new york stock exchange are absolutely and completely intangible indicators of the true economy of any fiat, fiat right right it's all fiat currency and yeah. everything beyond a gold standard is absolutely just inflated and a ridiculous giant balloon filled with an atomic bomb that's already gone off. And if you just want to, it's just going to take a pinprick to burst it. We came close in 2008. We came close three weeks ago. Um, you know, the, the market's going to do what the market's going to do because it's people that have money that are trying to get more money and they're smarter than us at doing that. And they're able to move these things around that graph. You, you, you have on the screen right now, that reflects U.S. petroleum production consumption per day. They're not measuring how much oil, how much gas you buy at the pump. There's not a transmitter that transmits that data to some clearinghouse. They're reporting the amount of gasoline the companies that own these gas stations. Distributors, right? Correct. Okay. It's just like whiskey. I mean, you can't, I'm not keeping a record of every shot that gets drank in the country. I'm keeping a record of how many distilleries sell liquor to distributors. You know, it's, it's a, it's all incredibly inflated. And like I wore my, my oil shirt today, I drink your milkshake and it's <laughs> never more true than it is right now. The price of West Texas intermediate has rebounded to $16 a barrel, yet another inflation. And that's because they've closed a lot of the futures contracts. Now, or the futures contracts expired. It's still forecasted to trade at around $12 a barrel next month. So we're not, we've seen the bottom. It was a negative number. It jumped right up to where it's 
it's no longer completely beneath the water, but it's still going to be trading flat the rest of the year. There's going to be no rebound for the petroleum sector, and it has nothing to do with coronavirus. It has to do with Rosneft. But I won't bog the podcast down and all that. <laughs> if you want to learn about it, Google it. Or go watch a James Bond movie. Um, so does everybody recognize these guys? Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple. All right. So Jack Wilson, Church Christ, head of uh, security out in Texas. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. Here, here's a cheat sheet. Lee Wen Lang. Everybody recognize him? Right. He's the yes. doctor uh, who blew the whistle about the coronavirus. Um, Captain Brett Crozier, he looks like he's getting his ship back. After all, the ship bird that showed up and fired him uh, actually got fired. And uh, then uh, Commissioner Omar Hardy. Um, and that, that's who you had looked up on. You'd hit up on Twitter about coming on the show. The council member from, uh, from down in Florida who <laughs> threw, threw a, 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 a well-intended temper tantrum that I approved of. Absolutely. So, uh, those are our, uh, we're, we're hopefully this will be the only, uh, posthumous person that goes on our wall, but, uh, eventually I'm going to have them all framed and have them in the studio. Um, so boys and girls, the Alabama legislature, I'll give you a little infographic. Here are your leaders down here. Um, and on to the bad news. Did you hear about this, Paul? Yep. Uh, Mac McCutcheon, the speaker of the house got on, uh, the news yesterday and said that he will reconvene the, uh, Alabama legislature May 4th. And they'll pass a budget and local bills only. So no medical cannabis bill this year, as far as we know. As um, far as we know, but I have heard there are people working behind the scenes very hard to make it happen. I'll bet these lobbyists that took all this money and promised their clients one of the 31 dispensary permits, I bet they're working their poor little knees off. Yep. Um, yeah, I think the statement that the speaker made is would be in regards to there's going to be no statewide initiative bills introduced during. We don't have time to fool with them. They got five days to get this done. Yeah, because you don't have time for committee and you don't have time for uh, multiple ways and means and things like that. So I can understand the, the, the mindset around like, look, we're just going to do local bills from now. But that doesn't mean that the 2020 legislation legislative session is completely kaput. This is just the one that's coming up now. So they could have a special. Yeah. Well, they could, but the governor would have to call that. So, so right. let's talk about, let's talk about the bills. Uh, winning for Alabama is definitely, I guess, dead. I mean, I, I can't imagine that moving forward. The yeah. mental health court initiative, I don't know if that's considered a local bill or not because uh, it's, no. an, it's an initiative to tax CDB that's and some other stuff. Um, that's a state initiative. It's not, it's not going to be taken up. So uh, the entertainment district that uh, Taxman Elliot came up with so people can walk around with open containers, we know he's in favor of that. Uh, the Beer, the beer Me uh, uh, article on the Lanyap, if you want to go take a look at that. Um, the Adding law enforcement to the hate crime statute, which I think is the, about the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of, um, abolishing uh, besides abolishing police jurisdictions with it, which is another tax man initiative. And then of course the medical cannabis bill, the, uh, there was supposed to be a, a local bill to, uh, create a toll authority to complete the, uh, 
Baldwin Beach Express from I-10 to I-65, the Barnwell Historic District, the Josephine Historic District. I, I, I believe those are general bills of local application. Um, so those might still be in the mix. Um, the paper lottery, you know, they had enough votes to in the house when it was, they had enough people sponsor it for it to pass the house. And now, then, um, now wait a minute. Now, if something's already been in the legislature and it's already been through committee and it's just basically awaiting a roll call vote, I can see them putting that out there. Well, I don't think that's, the, quite, that's the problem. Nobody knows. We know the medical <laughs> marijuana thing was way too up in the air. The house was trying to put the ABC board in control of the, Anyway, it's a big, big mess, and I don't know how they're going to work that out. But the last thing I want everybody to keep their eye on, and one that I'm really worried about going through, is uh, you. Everybody knows all Britain is the Indian, uh, the the Porch Creek Indians man, right? Right. He's taking a couple hundred grand from them. He is also Alabama Power Company's man, and he has introduced a bill to redefine what a landfill is in Alabama, so Boy. that so that it'll be just fine for them to cover that damn coal ash poison up up, up here on the Mobile River river across the Delta from us. Or they there won't be liable if something bill. happens. I'm going to need a copy of that bill as soon as you can get it to me. Okay. You know, no problem. Or it'll be written to where they're not liable if something happens. I Trust me. After 30 years of leachate testing, they can walk away from it. And then the ri and as the river continues to meander as it has for millennia, it's eventually going to cut into that coal pile and put it out in the bay. It's not right. a matter of it's not a matter of if it's when, and I hope it's a hundred years from now, but I doubt it. So uh, while while everything is on lockdown, this is my little hometown. So right here, Kmart is gone. Um, they're building a place where they're going to make sweet tea. Uh, I don't know. It's called Sweet Brew. The old sanctuary at the Baptist Church has been demolished. And this is the historical Bawa County High School site right here. That's the old senior square, that big pile of rubble you see right there. And, of course, that's the football stadium in the background to give you some perspective. Um, one more time, that's senior square. I don't know why in the world they're moving all that concrete to that one spot to stockpile it. And then, uh, of course, I wanted to plug Ben Rains again. Um, and his his uh, new uh, Alabama's Eden movie that uh, I'm anticipating, and then uh, that's what I did for Earth Day. We went to the we went to Little River and sat in the creek. Uh, water was about 65 degrees. It was nice. That's nice. <laughs> well, you didn't lead off the podcast with all of the fish you caught, so I'm just not even going to bother asking about that. Dude, it's a little cr I mean, there there are some fish in there, but this was a, you know, this is take doodle a folding chair and let her sit there and you know what I mean. This wasn't a men's adventure trip, although I did go dig a big five-gallon bucket full of clay that I'm going to make a pot while we're at home on a, uh, I'm going to make it and fire it and do all that mess. So I've, I've dug my clay. Now it's a matter of separating the gravel out of it and uh, getting it to a, consistency where i can work with it just leave it in there and see if you can make a pot <laughs> i don't think that'll work either uh, man Paul, don't let him fool you he's going for that ghost moment old doodles already got him fired up made him oh hell i didn't thought about that hey i want to do that pottery thing i don't have the potting wheel 
you come where behind me and, and we do all that and it just goes all the shit and we make love in the background. No, Harry, just, just tell the story. Will you? I'm good, good man. I, uh, if, if that did happen, you two jokers are the last people I'd ever tell. All right. So, uh, what else is going on in Fairhope, Paul? I know you, you hadn't left the compound in a few few weeks or six weeks. I know it's been six for me. No, I've been staying put. I have, you know, I was behind on my yard work from a couple of years, but the uh, uh, Fairhope's been pretty quiet except for, you know, this thing with the Macheri case. Uh, I do want to remind people that they can go to uh, – Lanyap and get updates on the COVID-19 that are not on the paywall. I mean, that they can just go to Lanyap. Those articles are free and online. But uh, I don't really know what's up for uh, Fairhope, except that beginning next week, we'll start uh, chronicling the BP oil spill and Mr. Boom Boom Pittman's participation and how he manipulated that bit and i'll walk that through the next three or four podcasts given dates and times and what was going on but between now and the end of the month i think it's going to be pretty quiet around here so paul we now have 143 confirmed cases in baldwin county 810 in mobile county wow. and 420 in escambia county uh florida so we're, you know, we're sandwiched in here and that's what I keep trying to tell everybody. We're a part of this community, the co the Gulf coastal community. Right. Um, not, not Montgomery and Birmingham. I mean, and we're yeah, right between the two. Yeah. You're on the 10 corridor. That's the artery. Yeah. True that. All right, boys. Well, I've, I'm done. Uh, have, have y'all ever seen a shot that comes prepackaged? Yeah. Yes. Drink it. It's mostly sugar. Okay. Yeah. Well, I hell, I, it was just out in the refrigerator. Uh, it's the sex on the beach. They well, they used to have uh, years ago when we going diving out of Panama City. They had a little um, uh, drive-in, and you could drive in and order a mixed drink. <laughs> yeah. And what a great idea! Else, but uh, I do remember that because the first time I drove through there, I just couldn't believe you could get a. A, a mixed drink and drive off you know of course that's been many many years ago all right boys so rains anything interesting going on in texas besides the oils crashing not really not much changed since monday um i've stayed isolated and stayed quiet i got uh, a good friend of mine made my family and i masks for us to uh, comply with the county order that we're to wear masks in public for the next 30 days to uh, stop to keep that curve pushing further down and I plan on doing it. I've been wearing a mask every time I go out in public for the last seven weeks. So I'm comfortable with it. My family's comfortable with it. It's one more step towards keeping me and my family and anybody that may be around me safe. So, I Reigns, I, I have a question I, for you. Yeah. Was Michael Jackson from the future? No, Michael Jackson was from uh, another planet. <laughs> they hey, one one thing I want to uh, one thing I want to ask. See if you guys can find this out. I've seen no statistics on uh, what would have happened without social distancing, without us doing anything. That's real simple. It 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 would have been an R naught of three times three times three times three times three until we re reached. You know what? How many people are in Alabama? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually we'd get there. That's what would have happened. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, and and now they're saying that it, they think that like maybe a majority of the people in New York State have been yeah. in contact with somebody with coronavirus because they're just uh, displaying antibodies in the test. So well, I don't know. 25, 25 billion for testing. Hopefully, pray to God they're going to get those tests to, uh, you know, all the states pretty quickly. All right. So here's one thing that I want everybody to go look at, and I'm going to share it on our Facebook page. Last week, um, Mayor Stinson over in Mobile had a press conference, and uh, our, our Sheriff Hoss Mack was on there. Um, the city of Mobile, I guess out of compassion, set aside 200 or so tests so that Baldwin County Corrections and Sheriff could go over to Mobile and get tested. And when I talk to elected officials around here, they say, well, we just can't get any tests. And I'm going, well, you're not bitching loud enough. Right. If right. Mobile's got tests and we don't have tests, that's because you're a bunch of pushovers. Right. That's because right. you're not that's because you're not throwing tires like a gorilla in the cage at the zoo. That's, that's what you why, need to be doing right that's now. That's also that's also why we didn't get any BP money. Well, sure. I mean and like I said, there are a lot of these guys that I really like and they're friends of mine, but this stuff has gone on for so long with them in office that they can't say, Well, it was these other players. Right. You know. It's all this is coming home to roost, and if you're in office, you're at fault. Period. Keep your pretty sharp. And we're He's at saying. fault for lit for putting you in office. All these right. people that have no idea what they're doing. It's a shame. Well, I've vented enough. I'm gonna go uh, have a nice afternoon. How about you guys? What are y'all up to this weekend? I'm fixing to go watch Ozark. Okay, uh, are you watching that? You like yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, is, does it bring back memories of your time chopping heads off in Belize or whatever you were doing when you were down there? Hey, I could tell you some stories about Belize and back Ozark not look so bad. I bet, I, I bet. Uh, yeah, well, one day we'll all get together and turn these damn cameras off and we'll tell all kinds of stories like that, I'm sure. All, all right. right, guys. Well, um, y'all have a good weekend. I appreciate y'all participating and, um, Always a pleasure Range, to be. You, hey, you have uh, the Mayhems tonight, right? What time's that? Right, Friday night fiasco. We're doing Friday the night fiasco. Show. What time? Kicking it off at ten thirty tonight. All right, I'll see you there. Looks good. And I can't find a seconder usually when I propose this, but I don't care. I don't need a seconder.